0: Jack, I'm in a good mood today, man. That's excellent. Yeah. Hey, I want to come back to something that you said early in one of our Pit of Despair episodes that we've since named Voldemort. Echoes
1: from the Pit of Despair. Yeah.
0: I. So I just just gotta. I just gotta say it. Holly, can I? Can, can I grab a momentary pass here? Yeah, I'll give you a waiver for this one. <laughs> McDubswell
1: <Yes>. dispensation. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we did
0: our XDR episode in January timeframe, mm-hmm. if memory serves me correctly. And you made the comment. Actually, I've, I think I asked the question I was saying, if you had to look into your crystal ball, like wh- where do you see this going? And you said it's going to evolve into all of this various forms and facets of XDR. And one of them being MXDR. I remember it specifically because I was laughing at it. And then sure enough, combing through the news, what do I find Deloitte has announced their MXDR offering?
1: <sighs> yeah, you know, you had me looking around, right? At the fact after Deloitte had come up with their announcement, and trying to think through how bad actually is this. And I started to turn back the pages of time, right? <laughs> <laughs> because we, here we thought, you know, we, we had this, this innovation in terms of understanding just how pathetically overwrought the language was around detection response and how the applicability of XDR to being MXDR was something that's coming up. And in my research, I've identified no less than six organizations who before, during, or after that period of time in January of 22, have announced their own versions of MXDR. And I want to give a lot of credit and a big shout out to our friends at Ecentire, who instead of going the route that everyone else had done, have announced in March, multi-signal MDR using XDR, which I think is a a notable improvement over MXDR. But there
0: you go. I feel like there's this uh, tit for tat escalation of language that has existed for, I don't know, for as long as I can remember, right? It's just this ratchet of terms that just clicks forward every couple months. Whereas uh, you, you know, add words, add something to make it sound more impressive. And now we're to the point where we have terms that I couldn't even repeat. What you just said, <laughs> like it was you 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 lost me at the very beginning. I actually I don't even remember something about signal, and I'm lost. Are we that bad and where we have to start making stuff up just to kind of
1: compete with our neighbors and just be different? Well, it depends on the we that we're talking about, right? Because everybody who I talk to, and you know we have a conversation about what's new and important and interesting, in the space of detection and response. If you tell them, hey, you need information for more than just an endpoint or more than just a firewall, they're like, duh, right? So the idea that we need information from many, many different places in order to do our jobs well, I think people who do security understand it, right? So why, why this hyperbolic language inflation, right? And I think it's because people have to sell more stuff and buy more stuff. I don't think these terms exist to clarify a new need for players in the security market who understand what they're doing, practitioners you know, understand what they're doing. I think it's a way to create a new line item on a PO so that the vendor of security products or security services can add something new to the things that they sell and have a different conversation in theory. And the buyers get to expand the scope of the things that they're doing by putting another thing on and being able to re-explain, hopefully to get, you know, more urgency into the purchasing queue from their own organizations. So do we, we writ large as the security community need these terms? You know, are we creating them because of an increasingly deep understanding of security? No, I don't think so at all. I think these are terms that allow vendors to reassert themselves into the face of a customer by saying that there's something new about what they do. I think that sometimes uh, we saw this with Palo Alto organizations adopt these terms to differentiate the fact that they do more than they used to do. Um, And then I think that purchasers like to buy it because they like to buy new things, but I don't think we need it at all. When I take a step back and
0: try to objectively look at this is nothing has really changed Mm -mm. over the last couple of years. And it's rare that we have a new technology that comes out that revolutionizes and changes the way that we look at the market, right? And what we as practitioners are able to do with said technology. And a couple of them, just the ones that come to the top of my head, and I know, I know there's a lot more here, but FireEye was one, mm-hmm. right? Which is saying this unique and novel approach to how they're doing investigations and everything that kind of comes with it. And just providing an extra level of of visibility. Like that was that changed the game for a lot of people. The other one was blank. Like in the early days when they first came out, their approach was very different. It was unique. They were able to do things. Them, like Fire, were able to do things that other technologies weren't able to do and we hadn't really seen in the market. And there's there's been a few more examples of that over the years. But where we're at now, I haven't seen you know, the kind of the development and the innovation of technology in such a way that it warrants and justifies all of the terms that are coming out. Because at the end of the day, the the tools are still the same, right? The people are the same. And granted there's, you know, each company's got smart people that works for that company. But at the same time, like those are those are two fixed things. And, you know, I kind of think about uh it's like James Cameron with Avatar. When he first wanted to create Avatar It was 10 years before the movie was actually made. said, with what I want to do to fulfill my vision, the technology doesn't exist. The guy had to wait 10 years for technology to catch up so that he could do what he needed to do. So I kind of see a similar case with us now is like, technology's not like increasing at this exponential pace, and people aren't increasing at this exponential pace. I mean, there's there's certainly more, more awareness within our industry, which is great, but there's not enough kind of innovation at the ground levels to warrant all these added names. So I, I guess kind of thinking of those things as constants, today the technology and people I and mean, it's uh the the only way that you can really differentiate is my names and my opinion and how you title stuff and you know I, I look at some of the customers that we work with and people that i know from the industry is like i think people see through all of that stuff but i, I feel like there's something deep rooted with our industry to always kind of have like your ear to the ground pay attention to you know, to new technology that, that could be coming out. And we've almost conditioned people to be like very like materialistic. And um, there's like a kind of consumerist view of cybersecurity today. And because we've conditioned people to, to be that way and act that way, and people are like, have their ears to the ground that when these new terms come up, I, I guess maybe it does stop people and cause them to pay attention, or at least ask a question.
1: You know, I think that the early... Entrance into a new naming architecture probably bring value. Like I'll give you a super quick example, right? For years and years and years, endpoint protection was EPP, right? It was antivirus providers who were doing basically static searches and matches, trying to keep up to date with signatures, hashes, onward and onward. When CrowdStrike entered that marketplace, it came into it from a very different place, right? It came from investigating systems, like you mentioned with the the fire guys. But they were looking at systems after after breach, try to figure out what went wrong, try to derive you know what were the indications that something bad had happened. And they came up with this methodology that said, by looking for all these things that we know typically happen in di- different kinds of attacks, we can detect the fact that a machine has been attacked or is being attacked, right? And they morphed the definition of what endpoint protection would be from a sort of a static analysis of what's on the system and what should I block to what's happened to the system—a more dynamic analysis of it—and that changed endpoint protection from being EPP to EDR. So I think the derivation of that term, which is you know probably only ten years old, uh, endpoint detection response, it made kind of sense. And I think if you looked at it and you read it and you were relatively fluent, you know, in the technologies, you'd be like, "Yeah, dude, that makes perfect sense. I'm not just trying to protect it. I'm detecting when things are going sideways. All right, not so bad." And then you know they're running around doing their thing and. Unfortunately, because the nature of the type of security providing was so hard and complex, they had to create a service around it. And that, along with some other junk, became managed detection response, right? So like, hey, wait a minute, now I get it. Endpoint detection response, really interesting, really hard, managed detection response, all right, I'm going to manage that thing I don't know how to do. So that language architecture sort of plays out for me. That's kind of okay. And then because it was kind of okay, and people kind of understood it. And it made sense as a new, new form of technology, new form of you know problem solving. Then we had companies going like, wow, look at that. Let's run over there. And that's where the whole thing goes to hell. That's where the whole thing goes to hell, right? That someone comes up with an innovation, it's intrusion detection. Blah. It's intrusion prevention. Blah, it's next gen firewall. Blah, right? And so, like the first person into the pool sort of gets it going, and then everybody else jumps in the pool and like starts splashing around, and you can't even see what the hell's going on anymore, right? But I, I, you know, I give credit to the the first entrance. You know, the two you mentioned are great. I'd also give it to Palo, right, for the next gen firewall, yeah. right? I, I'd give it to uh, Zscaler, right, for the work mm-hmm. that they did for remote access and secure remote access, yeah. right? And I'd give it to uh, Okta right, for federating uh, identity, right? So there's a bunch of different junk, right? Yeah, yeah. But but after that <laughs> first one, it's like the parade of hangers-on who will use a term that's attractive and suddenly pin it on their own backs and say, look at me, I'm that too, who ruin everything. And then the next extension of ruining everything is creating a new term that makes you a horrible thing, look kind of like the good thing, that suddenly makes the language go all to hell. And so suddenly, you know, you've got, MXDR, which means basically manage security the way you should have done it in the first place. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's uh, it's like you've got you've got this like really nice uh, nice picture that you've right. created and you manufactured. And then all of a sudden, next person comes in with their crayon, draws a little bit more, says, I can draw too. Next person draws <laughs> Mustache. in. Yeah, next person comes in with a with a different color Crayola and they're, they're doing their thing. And pretty soon they've completely ruined the original picture and now everybody's drawn with crayons. Excellent right
1: work. Yeah, nobody knows why the picture was good looking to begin with, right? Nobody can see the core value yeah. to begin with. But you know, I think if we're trying to drag something positive out of this, right, out of this horrible behavior, it's that this shark to the feeding frenzy thing, if you try to wind the clock back a little bit and try to figure out where the first blood was, right, where was the first, you know, the first target of interest where things made enough sense that all these other folks gravitated towards it, I think mm-hmm. as as practitioners we can find new trends that actually matter, right? We can actually look at it and say, oh, that's interesting. I just, uh, as an example, I just saw Deloitte announce MXDR. Well, let's start winding that clock back, right? Let's start winding that clock back a little bit and say, well, you know, what was the initial impetus for XDR? And you read Palo stuff and what Neer had said. And the, that's basically XDR is a construct, it's a language, it's a terminology thing, right? I'm going to, I'm going to start speaking the same language across multiple types of devices so that I can do better security management. Right. So, oh, hey, that sounds like a pretty good idea. And let's look at MDR. All right, MDR sort of started at endpoint, but then moved on to other devices. Ah, now I get it. Right. So as a practitioner, I look at it and I say, all right, throw all these freaking words away and just look at what I'm trying to do. And I, I recognize by the fact that all these you know, piranha are all over the place, that there is a core value here. Right. Multi-source telemetry for detection and response. What a good idea because it tells me, number one, I can't just rely purely on pre-execution protection the way that old EPP did. I understand, number two, that this detection response technology in order to manage it, particularly at the endpoint, but the network as well, is super friggin hard. So somebody should figure out how to manage it. And the third thing is, I recognize that the endpoint is not the only source of information that matters to me. So I'm gonna to have to look at all kinds of different things. That's why they created this stupid X thing. And so I know for myself as a practitioner by sewing together the underpinnings of the behaviors of these folks who are trying to sell stuff that I need to understand detection and response is important. It's complex and it has to be broadly used across multiple sources of telemetry. That's a home run, right? Sadly, you have to you know, you know wage your way through you know, all the detritus floating around in the water. But ultimately, I think you can derive some value based on the behaviors of the people who are coming at it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess kind (laughs) of trying to stick with the positive theme here and uh, and trying to keep it on the up. I I agree with that. You know, I think perhaps at the end of the day, the, the silver lining is, you know, perhaps it's an indication of market trends. And, you know, the threat landscape's constantly shifting. We talk about that all the time. And... You know, if XDR is one that people are talking about more and more, it kind of forces people to understand what it is and what it means. And perhaps there's there's something to it. And, you know, and if because of the fact that there's more people paying attention to it and there's more people focused on it and more people trying to understand it, and perhaps they're kind of advancing new investigation techniques as one example. Right. And perhaps that's, that's the wind to come out of it, but man, we do have to wade through a lot of shit before we can get to that point. God, I'm not sure why we make it so hard on ourselves. Yeah.
1: I think it also speaks to, we've, we've talked in a couple of episodes about the investment profile of folks trying to find their way into capitalizing on interest in cybersecurity and investing in really features that are disguised as companies. And I think that one of the logical outgrowths of that is that products which do a little bit have to find their way to tag themselves as something that's much bigger. Otherwise, there's just no way the addressable market's ever going to justify the valuations, the investments that they're getting. And so I think that from the why do they market this way perspective, I think for some of the newer companies, they have to find their way to attach themselves to a term that has interest in a broader market. And if I think about the folks who can actually afford to market these term broadly, they're pretty big. Right. Mm-hmm. And so now you find these terms are being described in a very broad way by very large companies with a lot of stuff to sell. And you find smaller companies trying to attach themselves in as part of that ecosystem. And they're at absolute opposite ends of the capability continuum. Right. I can do a little, I can do a lot, but we're all part of, I don't care what it is MX, N- MXDR, next gen AV, next gen firewall picket right? They'll come up with something. And I think what we have mainly done is we've created a language of confusion. So small company looks like large company, little capability looks like a lot of capability, uh, and the urgency and importance of any individual facet of technology gets kind of lost. So, yeah, I mean, this is hard, right? We just did Washington Week where we talked about the fact that they're recommending that security professionals now be placed at the board level, right, to answer these questions. and. I have no idea how you find someone, you know, who's going to be able to sort the way through this to make the recommendation on what is a material change you have to make to your security to protect yourself when the language itself is so indistinct.
0: Yeah. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be like living on a diet of junk food. And then on the next day, you're going to show up and the only thing you can eat is vegetables. Mm. Mm. <laughs> right. Like it's it's a It's a pretty stark change and it's just going to suck for a little while. And But pretty soon, hopefully you see the benefits of it,
1: I guess. Yeah, that's an interesting point, right, dude? That, that maybe there are benefits, right? If I think about those people who are now put in an executive position as a security person and they have to make a recommendation to their management about what they should do, what is a material change they should make to decrease their exposure to satisfy whether it's the SEC regs or the president's recommendations in his two memoranda, you know, maybe what we end up finding out is they will no longer accept this. Because their recommendation can't be, go get me some of that MXDR, right? Because yeah. from one company, that'll mean one set of things. From another company, it'll mean another set of things. And the indistinctness of the language will open themselves up to liability because they're the people who made the recommendation. And mm-hmm. maybe we'll find our way back, to your point, to a more concrete use of language, more vegetables, because they have to be able to see what the ingredients are and the security that they're putting together in order to feel capable of making a board-level recommendation that won't cause liability for the firm. So yeah. maybe you're right.
0: It's basically like uh, like reverse pressure on the product markets, right, to basically arrive at the least common denominator to all of this and what really matters, right? And if you have consumers at that point, boards of directors at that point, pushing back on the product market and saying, we need more specificity, we need more clarity, we need people like the Gartners and Foresters, of the world to put together a meaningful definition of what some of these things are and then subsequently hold people accountable for using the correct term or not, you know, and maybe that's what we need to finally drive some, some clarity into space. And, you know, I kind of hang my hat on like the Gartner and Forrester kind of example, just only because it's it's easy and just top of mind because we Mm -hmm. are actually talking about XDR (laughs) because their definition of it and how they've chosen to define it is not how companies are using it today, right? And like in the case of like some of the companies that we've talked about is they're not following the standard definition that Gartner and Forrester has put out and they are kind of the authoritative source that people go to is saying, is this vendor good or bad, right? And there's a conflict there, as I guess is, is my point. But it's only it's only when people start to ask questions and Um, kind of dig in a little bit deeper and ask why and ask to go another layer, you know, explain how this works, explain how that works. Only do you force people's hand and say, okay, like, are we getting to the level of specificity and clarity of the definition so that we can buy what we think we're buying?
1: I couldn't say it any better than that. That's exactly right.
0: Thanks. (laughs) Thanks, Jack. (laughs) Well, we should wrap up on that. (laughs) (laughs) Call for new
1: language. Absolutely.
0: Which I, I, I think you said that earlier, like at the But not beginning. as eloquently. That's one thing I've never been accused of. <laughs> <Jack>. <laughs> All right. If you need uh, cybersecurity help, you need help with Voldemort,
1: mm-hmm.
0: AKA XDR. I'm just going to say it because I got to pass, even though I'm pretty sure my, my bar bill is pretty tall at this point for the number <laughs> of times that I've used it. Uh, you can reach us at Pwned at New and we'll get you in the next one.